Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Craig Fields. And I'm David Long. And you're listening to week 59 <laughs> of Is It Worth It? The Film Review Podcast. 59! 58 was a slow release, wasn't it, Craig? Uh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> but 59 is here, and we're reviewing a number of movies. David, let's tell the listeners what we're actually going to review on today's show. Our first review is the long-awaited Black Widow movie from Disney Marvels. Disney Marvels? Disney Marvels? <laughs> Disney's got marbles. <laughs> I didn't say marbles, I said marvels. I know. They're sweet, aren't they? I don't know. We get distracted. Starring Scarlett Johansson, Florence Pugh, Rachel Wise, David Harbour and Ray Winston. Next up is F9, or for those who didn't need an abbreviated title, Fast and Furious <laughs> 9. Starring Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, Tyrese Gibson, uh, Ludacris, <laughs> yes, uh, Natalie Emmanuel, uh, Charlize Theron and John Cena. Then it'll be time for 90s nostalgia with Space Jam, a new legacy starring the one and only LeBron James, Don Cheadle, Cedric Joe, uh, Bugs Bunny, <laughs> and the rest <laughs> of the Looney Tunes. Uh, and then we're going to be heading over to Washington Heights for In the Heights, starring Anthony Ramos, Melissa Barrera, uh, Leslie Grace, Corey Hawkins, Olga Meredith, Jimmy Smith, Gregory Diaz, and Lin-Manuel Miranda. Well done there, Craig. And it'll be Dearest Craig who will be rounding off the show with a brief review of two movies that he thinks you should seek out, and that's Rare Beasts and Supernova. Oh, yes. Uh, And that's the show for this week. Um, Our intro is usually reserved for, uh, you know, that little bit of spiel about what we're doing on today's show. Um, (laughs) And then we also like to have a little bit of a chat. We do indeed. Yeah. And on the last episode on week 58, we discussed the Euros and where England were at that stage. They were just about to play Germany, weren't they? Just about to play Germany. Um, Yeah. And we beat Germany. And then we beat the Ukraine and then we beat Poland and then we got to the final and we went 1-0 up Craig inside two minutes and then we lost on penalties yeah I mean you know what I think they did a superb job every single player did and I mean I must admit the um, retaliation on social media afterwards was quite well disgusting really yeah absolutely abhorrent really the the racial abuse that those three young black men received totally unacceptable and more needs to be done actually to 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 punish these social media trolls um i was heartbroken craig i'm not gonna lie you know i'm a big football fan went Mm. to didn't have tickets but me and my cousin um went to wembley to soak up the atmosphere craig called me a hooligan um wasn't that you that broke in (laughs) no no that no that was not me Came back from Wembley, watched the game with my cousin, heartbroken. Took me about a week to recover. 
But on reflection, yeah, honestly, what happened to you? I Were I you just in bed morning. Uh, no, I just felt really sad and down. And on reflection, now a few weeks later, we should be really proud of of our boys and how they did. Um, and bring on the World Cup in Qatar in twenty twenty two, a Christmas World Cup. Mm. It's coming home for Christmas. I mean, yeah. <laughs> not much else you can say is there no but uh, along the same vein as you in terms of sporting stuff I, I went to Wimbledon I know you did yeah and it was excellent I'm, I don't know who played I don't know who I was watching <laughs> oh, but it was, it was fantastic the, the Tim Henman <laughs> no but we sat on Henman Hill I mean, what a hill that is um, or Murray Mound well, or Rosetsky yeah. Ridge they tried to rename it to Murray Mound nah I'm serious I'm, you know Andy Murray's a great player and he did really good at Wimbledon. I did. We did watch him on the television. He well, he's won it. I believe he's won it twice. I might be wrong, but he's definitely a Wimbledon yeah, champion. I, I meant, I meant this year. I mean, oh, okay. like, like he did really well to get where he did. He's got a bionic leg or something. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think he's a cyborg yet, Craig. But he is. <laughs> yet. He, he's yet. Yeah. Sorry, Andy. Uh, he, he is. He's. He's. He's troubled with injury. Yeah. Um. He basically says that mentally he feels in a good place, but his body physically can't do what it wants it. What he wants it to do, yeah. which makes playing tennis. Very hard. We should have a game of tennis. That'd you know what? I, I would love a game of tennis. Like, well, I, let's do I, it before I, the summer finishes. Yeah, I mean, um, come to St Albans. There's actually a tennis court um, in the park there. I'd love to do that. Well, we'll get it in the diary. What else have you been up to? Because I know you had a, a nice uh, a nice time away. Yeah, so I went down to Devon um, mm. to a campsite that had just built a treehouse during during lockdown. Oh, wow. So the owner of this campsite, um, his project was this treehouse, and they posted it on Facebook, but not very well. It wasn't very well advertised, and we took a punt at it. Um, <laughs> we didn't really know what it had. It didn't know what it looked like completely. Okay. And um, we got there, and it was amazing. Wow. It was and it was reasonably priced. And for, for I mean, you. for five days, it was like phenomenal, especially in the UK at the minute. People were trying to holiday only in the UK and prices are um, ridiculous. Mm. So to find a place for the price that we got it for, to have full electrics in a treehouse. Um, you were in a treehouse? Yeah, they built a treehouse around a tree. Oh, wow. I'm just thinking of, of Owl from Winnie the Pooh. No, not like that. But <laughs> it... Um, it it had running water. It had uh, a working flushing toilet. It had a shower, a wet room. Um, it's a life of luxury. Yeah, and then and then you go down some steps, and you've got a wonderful barbecue, fire pit, everything you could possibly want uh, mm. on your week away in Devon. And it was great. We went to the donkey sanctuary. Uh, we went, yeah, you. Te- I remember calling you. Sorry, mate, can't pick up at a donkey sanctuary. Yeah, there were donkeys everywhere. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we went to a really delicious restaurant called The Pig. Um, really, really good. Um, had some amazing food. Um, yeah, it was pork? Just, uh, no, we had steak. Um, <laughs> Welcome to Pig, where we don't serve pork. Uh, we had we had dessert. They were called the Free Piggies, and there was three different desserts. It was great. Um, and I did I did partake in um, having an after dinner cigar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds ridiculous. What the hell are you playing? What are you playing at? Well, darling, um, they had a cigar menu, and a I was cigar like, cigar menu." I, I did, I and and I was allowed to have one, so mm. I did. I went to Cuba, and obviously, Cuban cigars are renowned and famous. Mm. And uh, I remember having some really delightful cigars in Cuba. But you smoking an after dinner cigar on holidays on the lawn as well on the, on the lawn after being to Wimbledon. I know it's just rolling in money, folks. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I have nothing left. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, what else has happened? Well, I did want to briefly just touch upon uh, a couple of trailers that have dropped um 
Firstly, King Richard with Will Smith. For those of you that don't know what this film is about, it's about um, Serena and uh, Venus Williams' dad, um, Richard Williams. And it's about him being their coach and them obviously you know tennis venus and serena um particularly um serena you know two of the greatest players of all time i remember growing up watching them every year being in the Mm. final and this is really an analysis of of the father his role in bringing them up and the traders out now um will smith has a little bit of oscar buzz um so obviously for road to the oscars i'm keeping that in mind any odds uh yes he's 10 to 1 um which, what does that mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please, please uh, break that down for me with some analytics. Well, it basically means if, 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 if you put one pound on, you, you win 10, you uh-huh. get 11 back. Uh-huh. I haven't got the rest of the odds in front of me, but he's about fifth favourite. The odds would suggest that Will Smith could get an, a nomination. Um, and the nature of the film is is a film where it could be very, very popular. It could, if he's campaigned right, and Will Smith's brilliant on the microphone and very good with the media, he's he's a lively outsider for the Oscars. Adam Driver is actually the favourite. Um, we will. I think we'll also touch on the House of Gucci trailer now, which, yeah. which dropped. Um, haven't got the cast in front of me, but you've got... Uh, <laughs> Let's start with Al Pacino, Jeremy L- Irons, Lady Gaga, uh, you've also Adam, got Adam Driver, Driver Jared um, Leto, who is Jared, unrecognisable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sam Hayek as well is yeah. in there. Uh, it's a, it's in a phenomenal cast. Um, uh, Ridley Scott is obviously in the director's seat yeah. for this, and um, I was slightly underwhelmed by the trailer, but I think that was a good thing because yes, it, didn't, I agree. it didn't reveal too much. But I, I I get the gist of what the story is trying to do. It's obviously Gucci story, the House of Gucci, the family, yeah. um, uh, and the betrayals, and it's based on that true story. I got yeah. that message flashed in my face quite uh, mm-hmm. vigorously um, during the trailer, but. Um, you know, is it going to be Oscar buzz around this? Yes, yes. definitely. I think because the cast is just so outstanding. Um, uh, I think Lady Gaga could get a nomination for this. Um, it's the, the, the thoughts are there. Maybe Adam Driver, um, Leto could be somewhere in there. Interesting I mean, shout. I mean, I would say that just because of the way he looks, the transformation, it could be um, another, you know what I'm thinking, aren't you? You're about to say it. Am I? I think so. I was going to say it's got a great chance in hair and makeup. Uh, yeah. Well, are you thinking of um? Oh, what's his name in uh, Vice? Yeah. 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 Um, Batman. I'm Batman. What's his name? I'm, I want you to know it. Come on, David. Oh, he's also in. Christian Bale, Christian David. Bale, Come of on. course. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, look, this is. I'm going on record. This is my early pick for best picture. Um, there are odds. I have investigated it. I haven't, as of yet, had any money on it. I learned from last year about not backing films based on a trailer. Okay. But there's a lot of excitement around this film. House of Gucci is my most anticipated film of the year. Comes out in November. Okay. What I want you to do is not to <laughs> bet on it. Because if it fails at the Oscars, Lady Gaga is going to be a bad thing for you going forward. Any film she's in, you'll place a bet and you will lose. Well, it reminds me of A Star Is Born. Lady Gaga is 14 to 1 to win Best Actress. Um, The odds would suggest a nomination is likely, but on the edge. Um, I think she'll win Best Actress. Okay. Um... I mean, save the rest of this talk for Road to the Oscars. I yeah, feel like there's an episode like buzzing. There, there, is an ep- there is an episode in the works. Is it um, early predictions? It's early. Uh, not, it's not going to be. My first episode I'm planning is not going to be predictions. Um, I'm going to save that. I've got a guest lined up for predictions uh, and early sort of Oscar buzz. It's going to be an Oscars 
Road to the Oscars pit stop, where we just assess basically what's happening, what trailers are out, what the odds are saying, just talk about the buzz and make predictions a little bit further down the line because it's only July. Can it be called Road to the Oscars at the service station? <laughs> if you want to. Um, other news, <laughs> very, very quickly. The Green Knight has been, uh, well, the, the prompt here says delayed in the UK. I think it's been cancelled, um, which is a great shame. Tremendous reviews coming in for Green Knight. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to press the button that says turn the enthusiasm down. <laughs> no, the tremendous reviews coming in for the Green Knight. Very, 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 very interested to to see this a24 production apparently if you know a24 hereditary midsummer apparently it's very a24 um mr dearest crag anything else you'd like to touch upon well no well yes i mean i was going to continue on with the green knight there um the reasons why it's been cancelled or delayed in the uk i think has uh, a number there's a number of things impacting that i think covid is definitely one of them i think with yeah. the delta variant um going around like um the common cold at the minute um, I I think it's going to be um, cause for concern for for cinema goers, and I think with films like Jungle Cruise, which is now out, um, and also the Suicide um, Squad, the Suicide Squad also out, both to be reviewed on our next show. Um, the Green Knight may suffer for being something that's uh, a bit out there, so people may not go to see different. it. It different. is different. Um, David Lowry is in the director seat for this one, and it, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, when the trailer dropped ages and ages and ages ago, last year at some point, it was supposed to be coming out. Um, I was really intrigued by it, and I was really excited. Mm. Um, Dev Patel in the lead role here, and and there's a, a plethora of amazing um, fellow cast members in there. Um, and I'm really excited for it. Uh, the, the the visual nature of the trailer blew me away. Yeah. And if the film con- is a continuation of that cinematography and that yes. that, that visual um, uh, visual porn, I suppose it's going to be. It's just going to be. <laughs> a, uh, it's just it's just a cinematographer's or well, uh, or an author's like um, a dream, really, isn't it? To, so, to see something like that. Someone from Awards Ace, forgive me, I can't remember the name, but Awards Ace said it was a cinephile's wet dream. <laughs> Um, appa- really? Yeah, apparently, th- this for cinema lovers, apparently it's just gorgeously shot, the score is good, the acting's good, there's lots of meat on the bone. Exciting times. I'm intrigued. Uh, we, yeah, yeah. Very much so. Um, and then there is something we're going to touch upon in our Black Widow review, but we'll touch slightly upon it right now, and that's Scarlett Johansson um, going up against the House of Mouse. Yep. Um, so she is now suing uh, Disney for releasing the film simultaneously mm. on Disney+. Plus. So it's gone into cinemas and it went on to Disney+. Plus. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but I did... I do believe they did stagger it in the UK. I, I thought it came out in the cinema and then it went on to Disney Plus like almost like five days later. I'm um, not sure. I'm not sure either, but I must I must admit, I watched this on Disney Plus. Yeah. Um, and I will delve into my reasons why for that um, during the <laughs> review. Um, it's not a laughing matter. It's it's a serious matter. It, you um, are right, Craig, yes. It, it, it is... It is um, It is something that could be killing cinema, and I don't blame uh, Scarlett Johansson for suing them, but uh, I think the reason behind it may be uh, slightly less than, like, defending cinema's honour. It may be more... um, financial reasons well it, we will we will delve into yeah uh, bre- delve into breach of contract fundamentally uh, um, yeah and exactly. contracts are there to be honored is my opinion we'll, we'll talk about it more in the review that was a long introduction but it's been a long time uh, a bit rusty behind the mic but pleased to be back with my dear friend craig Yes, um, so we're going to crack on with our main show uh, and uh, enjoy the show, people. Um, if you have 
any emails or anything that you would like to send in to us about the films that we've reviewed on today's show so we can read it out on week 60, uh, you can email us at mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. That's mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. And alas, now the intro is over <laughs> and the main show, Duff, begin. Great job. And in our first review, we're going to be looking at, in fact, Black Widow. Uh, in Marvel's Studios' action-packed spy thriller, Black Widow, Natasha Romanoff, a.k.a. Black Widow, confronts the darker parts of her ledger when a dangerous conspiracy with ties to her past arises. Uh, pursued by a force that will stop at nothing to bring her down, Natasha must deal with her history as a spy and the broken relationships left in her wake long before she became an Avenger. Uh, we've got a clip. Let's take a listen. <clears throat> it still fits. Oh my god! I never washed it once. Come and drink. Rise, you workers of salvation. Family. Back together again. Mm. Seeing as her family construct was just a calculated ruse that only lasted three years, I don't think that we can use this this term anymore, can we? Agreed. So here's what's gonna happen. Okay, reunion then, huh? And, uh, I want to say something right off the bat. You haven't aged a day, huh? You're just as beautiful and as supple as the day they staged our marriage. You got fat, but still good. <laughs> I like that clip. Yeah, great um, clip yeah. It's it's a real family moment in there. And um, just to give you an overview as to who was in that scene, uh, we have Scarlett Johansson playing Natasha Romanoff, uh, aka Black Widow. Uh, Florence Pugh playing um, Yelena... Yel- <laughs> Yelena. <laughs> God. Yelena. Yelena Bel- Belova. Um, who is also aka Black Widow, um, uh, David Harbour playing Alexi, and Rachel Wise as Melin, Melen, oh God, Melena. Oh God, Melena. It's late here. I w- I must add, it is nearly ten o'clock here. It's been a long day. <laughs> More um, on the first review. <laughs> I know. Oh God. Um, so they are uh, quite a family unit in this mm. film. Um, there's a lot of uh, hilarious rapport between these characters. Um, but the film. Where does it take place? Well, it takes place somewhere between Civil War and Infinity War. Um, and it's fleshing out the character of Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson's um, Natasha Romanoff, who has been, I mean, it's a long overdue character development and backstory. Um, and we start the film with exactly that, Natasha Romanoff as a young child in this sleeper cell. Um, and I was completely thrown off. Um, by the accents within this scene, because obviously you start off and they've they've got this very American accent, but you know that doesn't seem quite plausible or right, and you know that actually maybe there's something you know going on here that might be slightly out of the ordinary. Um, but the, 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 they start speaking English American, and then at some point they flip to Russian accents speaking yeah. English. Why would they do that? I well, don't it's because their parents are obviously 
Russian. So they're, they're growing up with that American influence and then the Russian as well, I would think. To be honest, I didn't take too much notice of... Uh, I it, thought, just, it just seems, seems a little bit silly to, uh, to have... Uh, they, they should have just spoken Russian to each other because they are Russians and <laughs> they are... They, I mean, why, why then just switch to a Russian accent to speak English? Why didn't they just continue in the American accent? Uh, I suppose. It, doesn't, it, it confused me because I thought, okay. hang on a second, are they actually American and then they... Okay. Are they a real family? And then I realised that actually... They're not, yeah, and yeah, things yeah. do really kick off. And I, I must admit, um, the the director here, Kate Shortland, she's really done a really f- super job with with the action scenes in this film. Um, uh, the, the, it, it's it's action packed from the very start. However, you do get some great character interaction with that family unit, and and that happens throughout the movie. And surprisingly. I, I thought this was worthy of that backstory, yes. 100%. Um, you've got a lot of notes, I can see. I've got some notes. Um, the first note I've got, and I, I do try and, I don't know if I can, I do try and make notes as soon as I've come out of the cinema just to remind me promptly. Um, one of my notes just talks about this opening. I thought this opening was superb, like really, really good. Yeah, okay. Um, just the, the backstory it was given, I thought it was energetic, I thought it was fiery, I thought it was engaging. I would need to rewatch every single Marvel film, but from the ones that I've got in memory, mm. I, this is one of my favourite openings of a Marvel movie. Really, really, really was. Um, and I can run through a number of elements of this movie piece by piece if you wish, and we can have a little yeah, go for a little discussion. The first thing to say is about the performances. I thought that Scarlett Johansson was r- really good and um, beyond solid. I would say um, we've seen her in a number of things. Um, I'm not going to list them because I'll probably forget them, but she's a really good actress. But the person that really blew me away, I shouldn't say blew me away because she continually does this. She's now an Oscar nominee for her performance in Little Women was Florence Pugh. Yeah. I thought her character was really likeable and really, I felt hot and cold with her character in a good way. Like I didn't, she was, she really intrigued me. Yeah, I mean, she. I mean, Florence Pugh is a really diverse actress, and yeah. she is able to bring this incredible, um, just I don't know, different qualities Dimension, of people yeah. and dimensions to every character that she portrays. You know, everything from Midsummer in the character there, who are unbelievable um, scenes in, in in at the start of that film and mm. all the way through it, but really like turning on this emotional. Uh, roller coaster she went on in that film and in this one she becomes an action star and she really does she becomes you know what Scarlett Johansson has been honing for years as the Black Widow Um, you know and she's really I mean Scarlett Johansson has had this character for over 10 years now, if not more. Yeah. And she's gone on a, a real roller coaster of a ride in developing that character from being someone who has probably been somewhat undermined as a woman mm. um, within these films and set, sold as a sex symbol without a shadow of a doubt from, you know, where she was introduced in one of the first Iron Man films. It's probably Iron Man 2, I believe, she was introduced. Um, to where she is now, and she's actually seen as somebody who is powerful and strong mm. and independent. And and whereas before she didn't quite have all of those things at the forefront, she sort of, you know, was using this this sexuality to get what she wanted almost in Iron Man 2. It, it, it felt wrong 
Um, and I think looking back on that, Scarlett Hanson knew that that was wrong, and she now has made allowed the character to evolve to where it should have, where it, where it should have been, where at, mm. at the very start, it's been it's been in the works for a long time, and, a long and, time, and it and it's needed to come. It needed to come a long, long time ago. Um, I think. I think now was a good time for it to come. I mean, last year is when it should have come out. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a good point to probably lead into the Disney Plus part because yes, I, because okay, fair enough. Yeah. I think last year Disney Plus really wasn't much of anything. Um, it it well, I say last, I say last year, maybe just at the beginning of the year, it hadn't really arrived, had it? Disney Plus and, um. To see Black Widow arrive on Disney Plus simultaneously um, as going into the cinema, I think middle of the year, we would have been shocked by that if that had happened. I mean, middle of the year last year. Yeah. Like, we would have been up in arms about that. However, I think people are aware that this is hitting the box office and are strongly arguing for the cinema to have its place reinstated and having that that window to allow for the box office to grow and cinemas to flourish. But there on the other hand, I think there there is the cinemas need to perhaps evolve with the streaming services because of COVID that people aren't as happy to go and sit in a cinema screen. Um and engage with a movie surrounded by other people, no matter how much people love that interaction. And I am one of those people. Mm. People aren't comfortable anymore. Anxiety is high in the in the UK and I'm sure across the rest of the world. And why can't those people have the same opportunity to watch the film? Now, obviously, the rightful place to watch this is 100% in a, in a cinema. And however, one of my one of my students that I go and see regularly, I wanted to take him to the cinema to go and see this film. However, he wasn't comfortable going yeah. into the cinema. And okay. and to have the ability to be able to pay £20 to watch this with him in a, in a rather nice home setting um, with a big screen and decent surround sound, actually, um, we were able to enjoy watching this movie together and not have the anxiety of sitting in a room with other people yeah. um feeling uncomfortable and not really maybe able to concentrate on watching that movie and it is a shame because i don't want the cinema to suffer but on the other hand on the flip side i see its pros i see why they've done this um they haven't okay it's not their number one priority for sure it's to help people with anxiety no way it, it's <laughs> I think the profit that, it, it's yeah, the of profit. course yeah i was gonna How, say yeah however i do feel they would have profited more from having that that window and then releasing it on disney mm. plus and 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 scarlett johansson has rightfully started a lawsuit against disney for a breach of contract yeah and they promised her now it must have been in the contract. Was it a verbal uh, promise? I don't know. It must have been in the contract that they were going to release this at... um, Purely in cinemas. Purely in cinemas to begin with, with an eight-week window minimum is what it should be, I believe. Now, what I don't understand is I haven't seen any press releases from cinema chains up against this either. Mm. Did Disney sort of go to the cinema chains and say, this is what we're doing, like it or lump it. And <laughs> and, like and, and the cinemas can't argue with Disney because they are the biggest mm. um, studio in, in in existence at the minute, I would say. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's really interesting what you say about 
what is the the question I've got is what is the future for cinema in general? Mm. Like streaming services are changing the way that people watch films and COVID has had a huge impact speaking to local cinema managers and, and, and others. People are not going back in, in, in great numbers. Like there are, there is still anxiety. What does this mean for the future of cinema? Are we going to see films released simultaneously? Um, who knows? All I do know is that fundamentally Scarlett Johansson had a contract that said that she would get a certain cut from the box office numbers. Yeah, I was like, she's he's out of pocket, 50 million. <laughs> but the thing is, is people have made these jokes online. Oh, because Disney, Disney came out and, and hit back and released how much she was paid for the film, which was 20 million. They said she's got her 20 million and she's actually going to profit more from this because she will get cuts from the from the sales online. But But she's not. Yeah. That's that, that's the point. the The point was that actually, the money that she received, that a percentage of it was coming from the box office only, yeah. not from online streams from Disney Plus, mm. which is which is breach of contract because that's taken away from the sales of box office. And there was promised she was promised a, a, a proper release window in the cinema first. This is why I'm confused. Was it in a contract mm. or was it just a promise that it was going to be you know, to, to save cinema and now she's peed at them for not, yep. not sticking to that promise. Um, it's not the money. However, it's a good incentive. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what? She is, she, she works hard for that, you know, and she does a lot of really good stuff in the world with the money that she earns. Yes. And, 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 um, you know, why not? Why, yeah. You know, Disney do need to have a little bit of respect for the people that actually are bringing in the funds that, that, line their pockets and um she's she's at the forefront of this movie and a lot of other movies mm. um why not hit back and you know this was her last outing so yeah know. i mean it's it's opened a box of worms and I, I believe today emma stone has also come out and for cruella and said that there's been some sort of breaching contract i think what this is doing is it's it, cinema is in trouble and we need to understand that and we could make a whole podcast about that, I think. Yeah, um, and this has this has taken away a little bit from the actual film in yeah. in respect to what we thought. <laughs> um, you've got a few more notes. A plethora and, of notes. Yeah. I mean, the first thing I would say, going back to the review, is the humour in this film. There are some genuine, real laugh-out-loud moments and I'm not just saying that. Like, I genuinely laughed out loud loud like loud these the, the 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 film is funny the action is balanced with dialogue and really good set pieces uh, and also Craig the script is so well written like when they do what I like about this film is you have the action and the action is good and when they pull you back into dialogue yeah the script is dense and heavy and there's lots of it's just lots in it um the plot, I love the plot. I think it's a great backstory. Um, great soundtrack on this film. But the thing that really struck me about this film, which I've got in my notes in bold capital letters, is just impeccable pace. I think the pacing of this film, I never felt bored. I was on the edge of my seat. Um, really, really impressed with this. Went into this. You know what I'm like. When we first started this podcast, how uninformed and uneducated I was about Marvel and DC. I've I've grown to love both of them. And can I can I just quiz you very quickly? Oh no, don't do that. Okay, I'm going to give you some names of some superhero characters, and you know I've got to say if it's Marvel or DC. Okay, Aquaman, DC, 
Iron Man. Marvel. Yep. Superman. DC. Yep. Ready? Yeah. Scarlet Witch. DC. <laughs> a wild pun. You shouldn't be quizzing me on my lack of knowledge. It makes me look terrible on the podcast. The point I'm trying to make is no, 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 no. I, we, I said a no a lot there. I will be very, very honest with you. And there's pointing, aggressive pointing in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. I knew nothing about Marvel and DC before yeah. this podcast. 100% honest about that. Not my kind of movies. Got into them. I thought this was brilliant. The production design was great. The costumes was great. This is a really, really good film on every level. Um, yeah. It's, it, it's just good. It's just good, good, good. Give me more of this. Well, if you want to go back and watch um, Captain America, uh, The Winter Soldier, it has a very similar um, spy thriller-esque um, kind of film. And this one plays on that a little bit. Um, that one was done by the Russo brothers um, who went on to obviously direct um, uh, Captain America Civil War and then on to Infinity War and then Endgame as well. And mm. they they took the reins there. And I think this is different, but it's similar um, in the sense that it is that spy thriller-esque. Um, I think it might have done it slightly better. Um, and I, I just thoroughly enjoyed watching this and everything play out and, and, and finally get to see a bit more of that backstory that we've all been waiting for. Like throughout the course of the Marvel Cinematic Universe from day one, We've always wanted to know a bit more about Natasha Romanoff and how she became Black Widow. And there have been snippets of it woven in and they've just let it grow and grow. And people have wanted it for so long and it's finally here and it is worthy of a watch. Definitely. Um, do you have anything else to add? No, I think I've, I've gone through it. Just uh, I think we should ask the questions. Okay. Oh, am I going first? Yeah, why not? <laughs> Craig, <laughs> Black Widow, is it worth it? Yes, this is definitely worth a watch. Um, it's definitely worth a watch in the cinema. It's action-packed, it's explosive, mm. and the performances are big. David Harbour as Alexi. Um, yeah, he Also, was what was his character, like his superhero character's name again? I've forgotten. Uh, so oh, it, Red... Red Arrow. No, it wasn't Red Arrow. <laughs> oh, God, that's so bad that we forgot that. But he was brilliant. He was funny. He was powerful. He was humorous. It was just, yeah, it was great. Rachel Wise is just the perfect mother in this film, almost. Um, and <laughs> Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh are, make for a really great team up and mm. um, a really great watch on screen. Um, what a family unit they are. Um, definitely go and check this out at your local cinema. Um, if you're anxious, it is available on Disney+. Plus. David, sorry. Uh, Black Widow, is it worth it? Yes, 100% worth it. I think I'm allowed to say this. I'll say it's my... No, I won't say that. Um, it, it's very, very good. Um, brilliant, act <laughs> <laughs> no, brilliant acting, sublime pace, uh, visually very nice. Costumes are great. The production design's good. The performances are good. Love the backstory. Love the opening. One of my favourite openings in a Marvel film. I need to learn more about Marvel and DC, but what I can tell you is Black Widow is 100% worth it. Give it a watch in the cinema
So it's now time for our second review, and we're looking at Fast and Furious 9. Vin Diesel's Dom Toretto is leading a quiet life off the grid with Letty and his son, Little Brian, but they know that danger always lurks just over their peaceful horizon. This time, that threat will force Dom to confront the sins of his past if he's going to save those he loves most. His crew joins together to stop a world-shattering plot led by the most skilled assassin and high-performance driver they've ever encountered. A man who also happens to be Dom's forsaken brother, Jacob. Let's take a little listen to an action-packed clip. Arnold, sending you new pickup location. my good god well i think craig has select selected a clip that really shows what this movie's about this is one of the maddest films i have ever ever seen um so very very briefly this is fast and furious 9 the first fast and furious film came out in 2001 so we're looking at a full 20 20 years um yeah. and, and what was fundamentally a film about cars has just developed into this whole cinematic universe that culminates in chaos which we'll touch upon later unless you want to go straight in what i will say yeah. if i'm allowed to say this we did a godzilla versus kong review mm. that was a bit of a spoiler review i think this is going to be a spoiler review it sort of has to be would yeah. you agree oh i totally would agree with you um i just wanted to say that i i i, I have seen some of the fast mm. and furious films and i remember seeing the first Fast and Furious. And from what I recall from that, it was about the cars. It was about crime. And it was about a policeman infiltrating this crime unit. Now, from that to Fast 9, I can't remember how this change <laughs> happened to gradually become what it has become today. And I, I, I remember watching Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, we and reviewed that we the thought that was ludicrous, but I entertaining ludicrous stuff. This is ludicrous, mm. but was it entertaining? This is the question I think we're going to delve into on today's show um, for this review. And I, I, I believe that there's been some kind of misunderstanding in 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 how some of these characters, they, their arcs have gone. Yeah. Um, somehow, Vin Diesel has become, I, I don't know, a spy. <laughs> who is also able to, I don't know, punch through walls and pull <laughs> ceilings down and this, take down you, 20 guys. It's it's ludicrous, isn't yeah. it? And ludicrous is in this film. Yeah, it's a tough one. It is completely crazy, and I will get on to whether it's worth it and does it work. They do redeem themselves in this movie as well because they actually make a joke. Um, one of the characters says, you know, we should be dead by now. 
Um, and and that, so they're laughing at the ludicrous yeah. nature of it. Okay, because they do they do kind of take the Mickey out of what they've become in that sense, and and they are trying to poke fun at yeah. the fact that they've done that and they've gone down this road. But I don't think I think that's actually quite lazy writing. I think that's quite lazy completely. I think they know that they've gone off the rails a little bit here. Um, I know that there was also a bit of a feud between Vin Diesel and The Rock and um, or Dwayne Dwayne Johnson um, over in recent weeks. Uh, it was and there was an interview with Vin Diesel about um, how he had to push so hard for Dwayne Johnson to get uh, a good um, a good uh, performance out of him. And oh, really? and and in another interview, uh, Dwayne Johnson just laughed at that and said, "Well, you know." that's ridiculous we all know that that's just ridiculous mm. coming from vin diesel yeah well, um but uh, he I, I i i just believe that this is just chaos <laughs> just chaos. <laughs> this is chaos walking this is this is uh, just it's just wrong in every way shape and form it's no longer about the vehicles it's no longer <laughs> about racing and even the backstory in this film that we get just wasn't enough mm. to save what what this film was the balance between the two i would have loved to just seen the film on that backstory mm. and, and it is and, an interesting backstory it is it, it but it would it showed us um uh, vin diesel's character and john cena's character how you know their brothers the way their feud began mm. and and why they were feuding and and a whole host of other things happened in that in that backstory and i feel like they could have actually spent a, a, a whole movie depicting that they feud probably and will that, and that's well you know what <laughs> they probably will but it was more grounded it was more yeah the backstory real. was certainly felt you know better it was, it was much better than the way it was produced and the the overall sort of appeal of the backstory was better it, yeah it just seemed and like I a different film but i feel like they put that in there to try and ground the rest of the movie and, yeah. and it didn't though because everything was flying around and quite literally mm. cars were flying into the air they have some kind of magnetic pulse uh, a magnet thing that that throws cars all over the place. <laughs> Somehow people didn't die when that happened. Well, yeah, that's what I wanted to touch upon. So there's a scene early in this film where they are fundamentally being chased and they are driving away in vehicles and they come across a field full of landmines and they do this quick calculation of how quick they have to go in order to basically detonate the mine but be quick enough to get away from it. I have never seen so many explosions in one f in one scene without anyone dying. Yeah. And then once they got through the landmines, they had people with rocket launchers. I, I put in my notes, because I was laughing in the cinema, I just put in my notes, who's firing these rockets? Like, who is actually firing these rockets? Because every one of them missed... We then had the most ludicrous... Do you, think, do you think they were trained? I don't know. <laughs> they were like, oh, we're bad guys. Um, <laughs> quick, pick up the rocket launcher. I mean, I don't know what they were... I don't know, because... And, 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 and there was so many, like, automatic rifles being fired. Yeah. Not one hit them. Yeah. I don't understand what the point of that was. And they did joke about that. They, I mean, but they did, but why? Well, they, you would say it was la lazy rhyme, but they know it's got ludicrous. I mean, the most ludicrous part was where 
Vin Diesel's character drives a car across a cliff and he swings on a rope like a like a monkey and his car <laughs> attaches to the to the to the zip wire and he flies across a massive um You think that's the most ridiculous Well, bit? we'll get on to other ridiculous. That was crazy. That, that was, was that was crazy. That was balmy. But then they they went to space. <laughs> well, I, I I did want to touch upon that, and and the funny thing is, is they they went to space in a car wearing old scuba diving gear, mended with duct tape. That is the level of this movie. And I actually thought of you in the cinema, Craig, because they said, I don't know if you remember this, the, one of the, the driver of the initial aircraft that took them to like sixty thousand feet before they were dropped. Yeah said, don't worry, trust the maths and the physics. And I thought, how dare the Fast and Furious series talk about maths and physics this in a film. This is interstellar. When you have a film where people are going into space in a car wearing scuba diving gear. This is not maths. This is not physics. This is ludicrous. Is this-, this is literally the most the most ungrounded film ever. I know. I mean, how can they trust the maths and the physics? The, the maths and the physics don't add up because, the, I mean, not one bullet... <laughs> the maths, the, the statistics would suggest that at least one of those bullets would pierce the body of one yeah, of those men yeah, yeah. and women that were taking part in this very movie. I, I, I mean, we should probably just work our way through the list of, of, of actors and actresses that are in this film who maybe gave a performance. Um, Vin <laughs> Diesel. Well, Vin, this, this thing about Vin Diesel's voice is it's, it's now getting so deep that it's almost becoming like volcanic um or or or, or, or earthquakery yes like it, it's gonna be caught on the what's that is it the richter scale where they where well, they, it's an earthquake yeah like his his voice is so deep like it's so that was good it's so deep you can barely hear it look vin vin diesel is vin diesel i th- i actually thought john cena's character was okay um look i don't Sholly's Sholly's throne Sholly's throne sorry she gives the best performance. She's of this icy cold, um, and actually, the lines she has is probably some of the best writing in the film. Um, yeah, I, I mean, uh, uh, Sung Kang as well. Actually, I thought he was brilliant. Um, he returned as Han, and actually, I thought he gave a really solid performance as yes. well. And a quite a unique backstory by bringing oh, him yeah. back. And then Helen Mirren <laughs> is also just, yeah, in this yeah. film as Queenie. Um, I mean, that was just madness. Just madness. Uh, the whole film is just a joke, to be honest with you. I mean, this is the thing I, I wanted to touch upon. So, I, and I did make this in my notes, and it is a food analogy. Um, so many plot holes in it. You know, some films have plot holes. It becomes like a piece of cheese mm. with plot holes. This has so many plot holes that yes. there is no cheese. It's just air. There's so many holes. There's no cheese. Yeah. And... What do I think about this film? You you asked earlier, does it work? This is ludicrous, mental carnage, uncontrollable chaos. Yes. That, that's, oh, I can't bear to say it's actually pretty good fun. If you take it on its merits, it's... It's entertaining stuff. I mean, it is ludicrous. That moment, I've never been to Edinburgh. I don't know if you have. I mean, that was a clip. Yeah, but he John Cena literally zip wires for like a minute and a half across the whole of Edinburgh. And I don't know how big Edinburgh is, but I imagine it's a sizable city. It's quite lengthy, yes. And and it's just like it's almost like a comedy. It's like there's John Cena on a zip wire and a car's chasing him. There's John Cena on a zip wire and a car's chasing him. 
John Cena's still on the zip wire. <laughs> <laughs> a minute later, he, he he gets off the zip wire, shoots another um, zip wire propelling thing, and he goes back on the zip wire. He just zip wires. It's it's mad. Did I enjoy it? I I bumped into someone before who said Fast Nine. He said, you know, you as a as a podcaster, film critic. He said, just go in with a bucket of popcorn and have fun, and that's what I did. Um, I didn't. So I went in expecting tosh and came out um getting tosh and it <laughs> honestly honestly i went into to to fast and furious presents hobbs and shaw thinking it was going to be tosh and actually enjoying myself and was entertained um i was able to to it enabled me to suspend my belief the only part that didn't suspend my belief in that film was um the the robotic um 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 guy Idris Elba, that's it. I mean, he he was that sort of Brixton. He 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 was a robot <laughs> or some sort, or a cyborg or some mm. sort. Um, that kind of didn't suspend my belief, but it was it it still had it had everything that a fast film kind of wanted to be, but wasn't a fast film at the same time. Um, and had a bit more action. I I don't know. I just enjoyed that a lot more. Yeah, than I, I did this understand. one. Okay, I understand that. Um, this one, I I don't know. I I almost kind of don't like Vin Diesel. Like, I think I'm supposed to root for this guy, but I just don't like him. Mm. And and because of that, I just don't like this movie. I I I actually really hated it. Really hated it. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm not surprised, I'll be honest, knowing you as a friend and knowing you as a, a film critic podcaster, I'm not surprised you hated this film. Um, I'm not going to try and sort of swing you around. Um, I, I just took what that person said. He said, just have fun. And that, and that's what I had. Yeah, I didn't. Um, okay. Anything else you'd like to add about this movie? Yes, just a quick shout out to our friends over in the States, Mike, Mike and Oscar. They actually did an amazing mini series where they analysed all of the Fast and Furious films, culminating in a brilliant review of Fast 9, where they had a tremendous guest on. And big shout out to our buddies in the States. If you like the Fast and Furious series, give their podcast a listen. Um, yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm ready for the question. Okay, David, uh, F9... Fast and Furious 9. Is it worth it? I'm going to say yes. And even if you haven't watched all of... No, no, I am. (laughs) Craig is looking troubled. Even if you haven't seen any of the other Fast films, I would still give this a watch in the cinema. It's absolute insanity. Like, it's the most most ungrounded film I've ever seen. The plot is ludicrous, full of holes. It's poorly written, but it's 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 madness and it's a, it's a journey and I kind of liked it. I I and by the way, it's worth seeing in the cinema because of the nature of the special effects. For me, Fast Nine, I'm going to say it's worth it. Craig, Fast Nine for you, is it worth it? No, this is not <laughs> worth seeing in the cinema. Um, I I just thought it had the worst premise of a film I've ever seen. It had the most ridiculous. Um, uh, action sequences that just did not tie up with the story at all and and what was grounded before in a series that was about the cars and and about this family mm. and we had to mention family uh, yeah we? <laughs> oh, well, we had to get it in there um it no longer represents that anymore it just represents a lot of loud noises and explosions and things flying around on the screen without much thought or care put into 
what really makes a good and worthy story <laughs> unfold on the cinema screen. And it just it's just out to profit. And I hate that. I really do. And I really don't think it's worth going to see in the cinema because you're paying money just to line the pockets of already incredibly wealthy people who have been incredibly lazy at putting uh, a quite a... a a poor representation of, of, of what is classed as an action film on the screen. Don't go and see it. Wow. And Craig, I feel very strongly about that. Craig went hard on Fast 9. He's It's a vendetta. Fast 10 will just be you versus Vin Diesel. You know what? <laughs> I'd go 10 rounds of Vin Diesel any day. 10 rounds. So our next film review is Space Jam, A New Legacy. Now, when LeBron James and his young son Dom are trapped in a digital space by a rogue AI, LeBron must get them home safe by leading Bugs, Lola Bunny and the whole gang of notoriously undisciplined Looney Tunes to victory over the AI's digitized champions on the court. A powered-up roster of professional basketball stars as you've never seen them before. It's Tunes versus Goons in the highest-stakes challenge of his life that will redefine the bronze bond with his son and shine a light on the power of being yourself. Uh, I do, in fact, have a clip lined up. Take a listen. Um, it might be a trailer clip. Um, and enjoy, and we'll come back for our full review. Welcome, King James. I'm a cartoon? I'm shorter than Kevin Hart! No, 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 no. What's up, Doc? Bugs! Bring it here, man. What brings you to Tonewall, Doc? computer dude kidnapped my son. Dog! What in the Matrix hell? Hey, what'd you do to my son? The only way you're getting your son back is if you and I play a little basketball. You want to play me in basketball? I need to assemble an elite team. You need a dream team. I'll take it from here. Sam, shoot the ball. Let's try that again, shall we? We'll get your son back. I promise. What's happening? Of the jail. I look expensive. The Introducing jail. the Goon Squad. What's that? I got it. I got it. Wow. Uh, so that was a trailer clip from uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy. The I think the first place to start with this film actually is with the original from 1996. Yeah, good idea. Um, starring Michael Jordan. I remember, I'd have been five at the time, so I remember watching this as about a seven or eight-year-old, and I thought it was incredible like to see one of the world's biggest basketball stars interacting with cartoons on the screen. Um, Craig would know more than me, but I think for the time it was produced, it was... It was solid. It was certainly produced. <laughs> the time <laughs> it was, it was made. the time it was made. You know, the special effects were good, and it was. Yeah, I mean, there've been other films that have in the past it, yeah. that have done this sort of thing by putting cartoons with live action. Um, and this, uh, the, a space, well, Space Jam was, you know, something that was quite different about that. You know, it was putting a, you know, a non-actor in a film. Yeah playing himself um so it's grounded in that reality and mm. then it took it i mean 
it took you sideways, didn't it? Because he then got sucked into Looney Tune world <laughs> and had to play a game of basketball mm. to to free himself. Um, and it in, entwined his family. And you know what? As a kid growing up um, or watching that film, I must have been, well, seven or eight when I watched that film. Yeah. Probably seven. Um, in primary school, all of our class loved that film. Yeah. And I remember... Do you remember the game Duck, Duck, Goose? I love a game of Duck, Duck, Goose. Well, exactly this. Well, we changed that to space, 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 space jam. jam. And then we'd have to chase each other around. And I have fond memories of doing that. Yeah. Um, because we all loved that film so much. And, and the, you know, I think back in those days, the Looney Tunes had a bit more pull as well. You know, the kids, uh, lots of kids know who the Looney yep. Tunes are. Now, is this... Is, film warner brothers way of bringing the looney tunes back into the forefront of children's minds um i think it might be i think they're trying to cash in here by by raising that profile and giving i don't know airtime to the looney tunes because yep. i don't know they're their oldest commodity i suppose and you know they need to make some more money somehow at the same time they're then throwing out all of their back catalogue into this film. Now, mm. while some of that's quite cool and quite meta, you know, Game of Thrones, Harry Potter, um, what else was there? Can you remember any more of them? It was like one long, the Matrix. Warner, one long Warner Brothers advert. Yeah, and, 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 and everything was in the server. Okay, so yeah. they're bringing it up to speed, this modern time. And I actually took from it something quite more sinister than that. And I did talk to you about this, didn't and, I? And I, I must admit, I, I'm not sure I agree with this, but you can go ahead and... Okay, let me let me build a better picture for you. In a world that we live in currently, our devices listen to us all the time. Now, I don't know if you've been on Instagram scrolling through and then you see an ad for something that you were recently talking yep, about. Yep. Um, that, you know, that's one way that our devices are listening to us and giving us targeted advertisement. This AI in this uh, film is talking about being able to hear the things around it. This is simply a computer program. Don Cheadle is playing an, an AI, that's a computer algorithm, that is capable of manipulating um, people in the real world because it's listening to everything. Yeah. It's able to hack into everybody's personal devices. Now, this sort of go in the news recently, there has been uh, an Israeli military um, software engineering company <laughs> that has developed a piece of software called Pegasus. Now, this software is able to be deployed by governments to uh, monitor uh, terrorist organizations and, ter well, simply terrorists <laughs> um, on every level. They can monitor and, and hack people's devices without even, like, they could basically send an email to your device and they've infiltrated your device previously. You had to, it's like a spam email and you open it and there's a link in there and you get, if you fall for it, your device has got spyware on the computer now and it's logging and seeing everything. It can activate your camera. Now they don't even have to do that. They can deploy it and look at your device. And the bad thing about this is that governments are not actually using this for the purposes it was intended to, they are using it on activists' devices. They're using it to track um, journalists. They're doing this. It's it's a it's a huge huge story out there at the minute. And this film kind of touches upon that in the sense that Warner Brothers, of all people, are infiltrating LeBron James here and manipulating him to 
make a profit. This mm. looks very bad for Warner Brothers. That they're actually <laughs> using that as a plot device. I've heeded that warning in reality in terms of listening to how, you know, companies are, are infiltrating us and governments and, and they're listening to us and, and our freedom of being able to have, you know, a, a space to be ours and not, it's private. Do you know what I mean? You know, WhatsApp are advertising all over the place at the minute on podcasts that they've got end-to-end encryption and nobody can read your messages and all this sort of stuff. Well, actually, that's not true because this this piece of software can infiltrate your device. It can open up the app and look and see what is on that device and what are in those messages. Therefore, it is not completely encrypted. And it's scary to think that. <laughs> and a film that's meant for children... I was going to say this a is a modern twist on a film that I loved as a child has actually scared the hell out of me that that Warner Brothers <laughs> have got an AI server that is able to to manipulate what's going on in the real world. Oh man, that was a poor plot device. It really was. I mean, my, I'm terrified now. Uh, I, 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 I'll be honest. I cannot comment on what you've just spoken about because I genuinely know nothing about it. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Uh, what I wanted to touch upon is I thought you you hit the nail on the head when you said about Looney Tunes and how relevant it is. Like in the '90s, the Looney Tunes were everywhere. It was relevant. Um, it, it was it was in your face. It was on various cartoon channels. Now. Not so much, I don't think. So I I struggled with the relevance of this film. And for me, so this film was about basketball. And I broke the film down into four quarters. And I'll briefly say what I thought of each. The first was a slow start. Um, didn't grip me, didn't engage me. But I thought the second quarter of this film, the second part of this film, was the worst part of the film. I thought it was really really poor it felt when they were when lebron james was sucked into this device and he had to assemble his team that should have been done in like a two or three minute quick fire one cut yeah here's bugs bunny here's i don't even know the name of the rest of them here's that fat pig here's that large bird um here's <laughs> his coyote roadrunner here's the uh what's that devil called you know the tasmanian, one, tasmanian devil, devil. um it should have Daffy Duck, um, you know, the lot of them. It should have been two or three minutes, but instead we get this prolonged journey where they fly around this server and we see, like you said, um, things from Harry Potter and Game of Thrones and it just felt like I was in a Warner Brother, a Warner Brother Studios in Disney. Like It just felt like a one big long advert. I thought the second half of this film was really, really poor, but the third part transformed my fit not overall opinion of the film but i thought the third the third part was actually superb when they got to the basketball game it was exciting um entertaining visually impressive better character development and better acting and i did want to touch on lebron james's acting i don't know if this film was shot in chronological order i.e did they start at the beginning and shoot it chronologically or did they because sometimes films okay they would never ever shoot a film in chronological chronological order i can't talk um they would never do that because it's just not possible yeah. to do that um and actually that's just very silly to do a film like that definitely yeah uh, okay well that answers that question um but the, the the reason i mentioned did they shoot it chronologically is because lebron james's acting i feel gets better as the film goes on i don't know why that is like at the start i think he's wooden um 
I think his characters are very cold, but by the end, I think his acting's actually improved. You know, so I could, don't know they, why. I mean, they could have started with the real world scenes. So, yeah, okay. you know, location by location, the house, the the studio, you know, all those parts and film those in one go. Yeah. So it, you know, I mean, and then they could have filmed the, the CGI green screen basketball court scene, you know, at another stage in time that was maybe he's had more acting lessons. I don't know. The The, the point is here that, that they've done it once with Michael Jordan. They've pulled a non-actor basketball player and then they've done it again here with LeBron James. And I just don't feel like this film was needed at all. But I totally agree. I, I think Warner Brothers felt like they needed to raise the profile of all of their commodities, all of mm. their their... Uh, the properties that they have under their belt and just show just what a big player they are in the world at the minute in terms of studio. You know, like Disney have all of these things under their belt. This is their way of saying, well, look at us as well. Look yeah. at all of these great franchises that we've got, The Matrix, Harry Potter, all of this. In, and it, it was like an advert, like you say. Yeah. Like It just was like a really long Coca-Cola advert where it just kept being like, here we are, Warner Brothers, here we are, Warner Brothers, here we are, Warner Brothers. Look at us, look at us, look at us. It's great. <laughs> and I wanted to like it because I wanted the 90s nostalgia. I yeah. wanted to have that feeling of being excited and seeing Michael Jordan and basketball, you know, a game that I never really saw before when yeah. I was seven years old. Um, being you know excited with the Looney Tunes on that court yeah. as well, and they just ruined it because I mean they digitized the Looney Tunes and yeah. I mean they make they make you know light of that situation. Yeah, they do. And, I was about to say that and and stuff, but I mean I don't know. I really don't know, David. Yeah, well, for me, like I said, that the the start didn't grip me. The second quarter was terrible. The third quarter I really liked. The fourth quarter was very average. If it wasn't for that basketball game in the middle where there is a sense of competition, there's a sense of actual something on, on mm. the line, we yeah. get we get LeBron and his son have that scene where they engage together and, and it's like that father-son moment. If it wasn't for that third quarter, this would be a terrible film. I, I truly believe that. Mm. That third quarter, that basketball scene, visually um, very, very impressive, saves the movie. Because overall, I think it's 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 the wrong time. I think the film's almost 10 years too late. Um, and it, it, it feels like a long advert for Warner Brothers. It's, it's saved by that third quarter. But overall, um, I wasn't a fan. Yeah, I, I think we're good for questions now. Do you think so? Yeah. Go on then, you ask me first. Space Jam, a new legacy. Is it worth it? Um, I'm going to say no. I don't think this is worth watching on the big screen. Although the action is quite fun and the cartoons look, you know, really nice and crisp on the big screen. It's just outdated already. Like, we don't need to see... Warner Brothers show off just how many franchises they have under their belt. We know how many they've got with HBO Max mm. and all of the other impressive DC universe, Harry Potter, all that sort of stuff. Let them shine on their own. You don't need to remind us just how amazing some of the films they have under their studio. Um, and I think they've actually ruined, in some ways the Space Jam franchise in a way because it wasn't a franchise. It was a brilliant standalone film that I would go back to time and time again. And I did recently go back to it and I did really enjoy the first one. And and this is just not building upon that. It's not improving upon that. It's not, it's not really doing anything for Space Jam. It's just 
it's just trying to bring it up to date in the most ridiculous way possible for an audience that maybe don't know the Looney Tunes so that they can make money. And that is as simple as it is, I think. David, Space Jam A New Legacy, is it worth it? Wow, you, you've gone hard today. I'm, I'm liking this. Um, I would say it's only worth it um, maybe if you've got kids um, who have seen the original, uh, which you've shown them, and they want to see the new one, just because I remember coming out of this and there were some young children that were really excited. But overall, no, I, I, don't, I don't like this film. Um, it feels like a long advert for Warner Brothers. It feels like they're trying to force LeBron into an acting career when he can't really act. It's, it's a bit of a mess. Saved by that third quarter, but no, for me... Um, Space Jam A New Legacy isn't worth a cinema admission ticket. So it's now time for our next review and we will be looking at In the Heights. Um, (laughs) Do you like my singing there? I loved it. Uh, A film version of the Broadway musical in which Yusnavi, a sympathetic New York bodega owner, saves every penny, every... What was that? (laughs) Sorry, I pressed the wrong button. I'll keep going. Who saves... I did not... Craig, right. We'll keep this in. We will keep this in. Stop around with the absolute amble bar craig's got a new beeper so if you can just beat me out right let me let me tell you what this is about he saves every penny every day as he imagines and sings about a better life let's take a little listen to a clip Maybe you're right, Sonny, calling the coroners. Maybe we're powerless, a corner full of foreigners. Maybe this neighborhood's changing forever. Maybe tonight is our last night together, however. How do you want to face it? Do you want to waste it when the end is so close you can taste it? Y'all could cry with your head in the sand. I'm going to fly this flag that I got in my hand. Can we raise our voice tonight? Can we make a little noise tonight? What a clip. Um, That really (laughs) does show just how vibrant this film really is. And um, I went into this film not really understanding or knowing what I was walking into. I never watched the Broadway uh, show. Um, I, I had no idea. And I... I had watched a little bit of the trailer and I just still wasn't quite sure. But what this film represents is a minority... A minority of people living in Washington Heights in New York City um, is New York City. Of course, it is New York City. Oh goodness (laughs) me! Get your beeper back, New York City. There we go. 
<laughs> We've gone mad. This is a terrible review. Let's 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 give them the review okay. they want here. Let's give let's give this the review that it actually deserves because mm. <sighs> it's a gorgeous film. Oh it's, dear. What do you mean, oh dear? We're gonna disagree. Oh. We don't know about so we don't know each other's thoughts, we keep them secrets. I couldn't disagree more about that. I think it's it What? I'm not well, I'll go straight on the bat and say I was not a fan of this film at all. Oh my goodness me. Okay, so I, I'm going to say the cinematography of, in this film was absolutely brilliant. The the colourful, vibrant nature of the film reflected in the musical numbers that are also in this film. Now, it's not, I can, say, I can say this for certain, that the musicality of this film is not for everybody. Now, if you liked Hamilton, you would you will enjoy the 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 cadence of the way that they're speaking and singing in the film and how the story unfolds and the way that the people are... Um, just enriched by the music and the creativeness of just where they are. Um, I like the way that that transcends their dreams and allows them to, to, to dream a little more. And, and they're singing about that. And I just, I just feel like it's um, an, an incredibly uplifting story, a, a romantic story. It's one about, you know, dreaming small and allowing those dreams to run away with you, but realizing actually that that your dreams are actually right in front of you and you can make them come true. And I I really thought it was the kind of film that we needed right now because after everything that's going on, it's so uplifting. It's so beautiful in that nature and it's so right to 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 culturally culturally show um these faces and these talents on screen as, as they should be and and i and whatever you're gonna say i am gonna disagree with you i'm sure let's hear what you've got to say then i just struggled with this movie so i don't know whether i was in a bad place mentally but how did this not bring your mental mood up everyone was so annoyingly happy i don't think that's true they were Everyone was just so annoyingly happy. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what my problem with this film was, was that um, I think the sentiment behind it is is brilliant. Like you said, this hardworking man, used Navy, I love his backstory about how his father came in on a ship and saw a US Navy ship and thought, I'm going to name my son after that boat. That made me laugh. Um, and then I realised that was the first time I'd laughed in, laughed in the movie. The movie is incredibly unfunny. Oh, I, um, I don't think that's true. I I, I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. And the problem I had with this film was actually when they started to develop the characters and they had some heavier, more serious moments, I thought they were well acted. I thought the cinematography, like you said, was very, very nice. But then this story that I wanted to progress just got interrupted by, in my opinion, very unmemorable music uh, and quite annoying set pieces of very over-the-top dancing and i just didn't enjoy this um i just didn't for example think i didn't like it like i liked say a star is born um okay that's not really a musical though yes it has musicality to it and it has songs woven into the story this is this is this is taking a a broadway play that is you know the whole thing is woven and spoken in 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 music and song and in rap and in R and B kind of s kind of way and 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 I think you've got to respect that type of of film and 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 listen to it and try and get what it is that the creators are trying to say and do with this kind of film and 
music and the beat and uh, good melodies they they uplift you because you know they're they're melodic in nature and and you know it's like going back to 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 school when we learned about major and minor like if this mm. film was all in in a minor um uh, key this would be an awful film because it, that, that's that minor key is like playing it down and sad and and lamentful and major keys are very uplifting and engaging yeah, yeah, yeah. and happy and i've just said like, everyone was too happy <laughs> yeah, but, but, annoyingly but, so but not all the time like there's some fantastic scenes there's a, there's a great visual representation of of a character passing over to the other side and and i thought that was really really well that done. was well done and that I, was well done and, and and i just love the community spirit of people coming together to help each other out and and you know not everyone has tons of cash and and the poverty that that there is in this place it, it you know it's bad and there's people there who are on undocumented and yeah. are unable to you know simply get a driving license to to and get an education at the same time and it's about improving that and raising awareness to that and and doing it in a way that actually um people will want to see it and yeah. and understand and take from it what the what they're trying to say and I don't know, David. I I do feel like maybe you were having a bad day and you need to watch it again. Then because I don't know, I, I can't tell. I can't. I don't understand how you can dislike it. So what 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 I'm saying is I'm not disagreeing with some of the things you've just said there. I did make a couple of notes during the film, um, and one of the notes that I made just looking now says it's really going somewhere, mm. and then it just stopped again. Like the the plot picked up the the fantastic meat on the bone. And there is some meat on the bone. Like you said, this incredible story, and it is an incredible story, starts to go somewhere. And I'm thinking, yes, I'm getting engaged with it. And then we have another damn song that's not very good. Like the music, I didn't enjoy the music. I mean, could you name, I mean, 96,000, that was a good song. I put that in my notes. But other than that, have you downloaded this soundtrack and listened to it again? Is this soundtrack the sort of thing that you would listen to? Craig's nodding his head. I just didn't like the music. Everything in between the music, the acting, the story, the sentiment, the way it was shot was all very good. Didn't like the music. Maybe it's the style of music. Maybe I was having a bad day. I just felt like the music interrupted the story, whereas actually the music should be part of a story. That's just my opinion. Maybe it was a bad day. What I will say, I haven't got them in front of me, but I did look them up. The Rotten Tomatoes scores are high. This has been very critically well received. And I did want to mention the Oscars. Have a guess where this is in the betting to win Best Picture. Where? Second. No. What does that mean? That means, Craig is probably, I didn't tell Craig this, that means the bookmakers are saying this is the second most likely film to win Best Picture, which normally when the bookmakers say that means this is going to get a Best Picture nomination. I don't think it will. I'm glad you said that because neither do I. I think it's a ludicrous <laughs> price. Uh, I think you'd be insane to bet on it. Yeah. Uh, we do, uh, We well, we have received an email from Lawline. Um, we're not going to read it all out. Dave is going to pick out a few points from within the email, um, but we do appreciate the email. And uh, if you want to email in, you can send us an email to my mail is worth it at is it worth it podcast.com. My mail is worth it at is it worth it podcast.com. David, you wanted to pick out a few points. Yeah, Laureline just mentions about the transfer from stage to screen. Um, 
Does it work? I would say no. Um, she comments on the on the beautiful cinematography. She says, I'm sure the cinematography will be winning awards because the film looks fantastic. Gorgeous sunsets over New Jersey, um, you know, and, and talks about the Hudson River there. Um, and and what I liked about this email was just the, the, quite a passionate email, actually, about the film. But I think Loreline hits the nail on the head, actually, at the end, when she says, however, though it was a good movie, I don't think it was a great movie and it didn't leave... Sorry, I didn't leave the film loving it and wanting to tell my friends to go and see it immediately. And I think that's the point about this film. I can't recommend it. I'm, I, I am utterly baffled that this is in the best picture betting. I'm mesmerised that people are talking about it for best picture. I may be proven to be a total buffoon. Knowing me, it will probably win um, and make me look an absolute fool. Thank you, Loreline, for your email. Um, but me and Craig disagree greatly about this film. I, I was more than uh, more than disappointed. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I. You know what? I understand that this isn't going to be everybody's film now. Um. I really enjoyed Hamilton when I watched that on Disney Plus. Um. It. It wasn't a film as such. It wasn't an adaptation. It was the stage play, and I enjoyed the way that the musicality came across. Now, did that transfer well to this film? I think it did, and I think it was highly enjoyable. I would love to hear from other people to see what they thought about this yeah. film. Um. I think we're in a quite a unique position here to to get that. And I, I, I think there will be a lot of people out there who do really enjoy it. Um, well, I will say it has been well received. It has got good critical reviews. A number of people who I follow on on Twitter have seen gone to see it several times. Um, I am in the minority, um, but as a critic, I will say when I think something's not good. And for me, this was not a good film. Yeah, I didn't mean, transfer from the stage to the to the screen. And same as 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 a as a critic, I'm putting the critic hat on. <laughs> then, um, you know, I will definitely say when a film's not worth it and a film is is not enjoyable or really poor and I've done that today I've really gone at it at Fast yeah. and Furious and I thought that was terrible yeah. I've really thought um, that you know um, Space Jam was was terrible and and I really did criticise it and that's what we're here to do is to yeah. criticise and and look at the films in their nature and, and say whether or not um, they were good or bad and where they may have been great and where they may have been bad and I think there's not much you can pick out here that was bad about it yeah. you know the performances are great. The acting is great. The singing is great. The dancing is great. The choreography, the cinematography, the, the vibrant nature, the story, everything about it is great. It's not going to be everybody because not everybody loves a good musical. Not everybody can can sit there and take it. It's a long film as well. It's like two hours and 40 minutes long, I think. It's, it's long. And, you know, to sit in your chair to watch that, Oh, sorry, two hours and twenty-three minutes. You know, it did feel long. It do, it do, it does feel long, but I, 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 I enjoyed that the length that it was on screen for, um, and I I'm going to see it again. I want to really. I will hold Charis you to, to that. go and see it. <laughs> I will hold you to that. I will force you to watch this again. I'm going to go and see it again. Um, we're going to look and see if we can go and see it in uh, an independent cinema in our local St Albans. Um, be nice. the Odyssey and see if that's going on there and we'll go and watch it but um, yeah I'll let you know how I fare on the second viewing and see maybe if Charis wants to email and who knows <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so I'm going to ask you the question now okay. is that okay 
Yes, please do. Okay, David, in the height, is it worth it? I hate to say it, but but for me, it's just not worth it. It doesn't... I haven't seen the stage production, but it just feels like it doesn't transfer onto the big screen. I like the plot, I like the story, but I feel like it's just interrupted by what I would cry, describe as annoyingly happy musical pieces. In terms of its Oscars chances, production design, it's got a great chance of a nomination. Hair and makeup, great chance. Cinematography, great chance. Throw an editing nom in there, and yes, it could get a Best Picture nom. So for me, I'm going to go and say that a potential Best Picture nominee is not worth it. Wasn't a fan. You, you know, do you think that the um, uh, bookies are just throwing this as a curveball to make some money? Well, yes, um, there is because what happens, Craig, is there's a lot. This was supposed to be the year of the musical, and there's been a lot of hype about In the Heights. And yes, it's a potential curveball. For example, last year, the Western with Tom Hanks mm. was the bookmaker's favourite and that absolutely flopped. So they may be throwing a curveball. Um, but for me, put it this way, I like betting a lot. A lot. Yeah, I know you do. Please I would not stop. bet on this film. Okay. Okay. Not worth it. Craig, in the Heights, is it worth it? I, I think this is worth it. I do genuinely think this is worth it. If you are somebody who likes a musical, Moulin Rouge, for instance, you know, I love that film. I do like a good musical. I like the way Hamilton worked. I like the way that the, the, the music was kind of wrapped and spoken in a way. And, and, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by it. I like the story. I, 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 I loved the romance behind it, the vibrancy behind it. Um, and it was uplifting. And I I can't see how you can't like this film in some ways. I don't think it's a Best Picture winner. I really don't. Okay. Um, I think you're right. But I would, you know, I think you it's too early to say, you know, what what comes out that could better that at the minute. There's going to be a few things. Definitely House of Gucci looks like it's going to be huge. But... You know, there's going to be a lot of other stuff, and I'd love to hear a road to the Oscars that's going to like just chat about what's coming out that it's going could to be, be coming Oscars. very, very soon. And I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, I do think it's worth going to see. I do think it's worth it in the cinema, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's our review of In the Heights. And now we argue off air. <laughs> we will. We, you know, we will. So we're coming to the end of the show. Um, I'm going to be now talking about two films that I saw at the cinema. Quite, it, was a, it was a while ago now, um, but two films that I wanted to talk about because I thought they should be seeked out by our listeners. Now, two of these films, they are Rare Beasts and Supernova. I'll talk about Rare Beasts first and then I'll uh, casually move into Supernova, if that's okay with you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Okay. I, I just want to make, I haven't seen either of these. Uh, I don't know what Craig's going to say, so far away. Okay, so Rare Beast is Billy Piper's directorial debut. Um, so if you're unfamiliar with Billy Piper, uh, she was a pop star during the 90s uh, and she had hits such as Because We Want To and Honey to the Bee. And then sometime in the year 2000, she was cast as Rose Tyler in Doctor Who. Uh, did you ever watch Doctor Who? A little bit, yeah. I'm not a not a huge fan. Okay, well, obviously, because science fiction does not suspend well, you your know, beliefs. You know, you know this Eggman I'm... and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> um, but anyway, moving forward to 2021, and she is now writing, directing, and starring in a film of her, her own devices. 
and uh, what a film it is. Uh, Billy plays Mandy, a single mum working for a production company as a writer. Um, she's a bit of a nihilist. Um, do you know what that means? Don't. Okay, so it's a person who thinks life is meaningless oh, uh, and basically rejects all religious and moral principles in life. Um, so we can see where this is going. It's kind of sold as a romantic comedy, okay? Mm. But it's a hundred percent a satire, and we're delving into a world of a romantic comedy almost, and it gives us this twisted alternate. Um, the man she goes on a date with at the beginning of the movie, she ends up becoming very entwined with throughout the whole movie. Um, but this isn't a person that we'd want to get entwined with. This is the person that is very religious. Not right for Mandy, obviously, for yep. various reasons. Um, and is somebody who's quite self-righteous about this. Um, and also is somebody who has a habit of telling Mandy that, telling her what she and other women want and need in life. So obviously we're off to quite a bad start Toxic here. trait, though. Quite toxic, yeah. Um, but he's the kind of guy that you see at the start of a rom-com in a, in a montage scene where this woman maybe goes on a series of dates and says no, 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 no. And then <laughs> she finds the love of her life and yeah. it all oh, ends I see. Yeah, yeah, happily yeah. ever after. But no, we're actually entwined with Pete, um who is played by Leo Bill throughout the entire course of the movie. And it's this version of a film that that we see that just unfolds that we haven't really seen before. Piper has really set herself up as a very intelligent filmmaker. Um, she has a lot to say and she says it with a lot of confidence. Um, it, it, it can be a tough watch, but it can keep... But if you can keep up with the very energetic and fast-paced dialogue that you see and you hear, um, you're you're in for a very good ride if you can keep up with that. Um, but if you go in expecting a romantic comedy with a happy ending, you really aren't going to find this here. Um, it challenges the norm and it paves the way for a very, very exciting filmmaker. Um and I really, really enjoyed this film. Um, I went and saw this at the Odyssey with Charis. Um, it, it had a cinematic release, but a very small one at, you know, independent cinemas and stuff. And yeah. if it is still playing at your local independence or you want to try and seek it out, um, I really encourage you to go and see it because I think for a directorial debut, it's intelligent, it's funny, it's grounded, it's it, it's it's everything that a satire almost uh well it is a satire can be it's just it's brilliant it really is great yeah um but i will want to just throw out there a quick note to the listeners as well if you're going to go into a film uh and i'm there <laughs> please do not talk to your mate about your life troubles during the course of a film because i will get up and tell you to shut up because that is not <laughs> the time or place to go and do that this happened in this film um, two 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 women sitting at a table yabbering on about whatever they were cha yeah, chatting about, yeah. um, really quite loudly and obnoxiously, and I I couldn't take it because it was ruining the ruining the film for me. So I got up and I said, "Excuse me, do you mind shutting up, please?" Did we're you actually to say watch that? A film. I did, I did. Wow. 
you're on fire tonight. I you, this is a new Craig. He's saying what he thinks and he's not holding back. No, it happened in Fast Nine actually as well. Um, <sighs> a group of youths. Um, I was basically there was basically four of us, and mm. then these youths turned up. It was quite an empty screening, I'll be honest. Um, there may have been six or seven of them at the back of the screen, yeah. and they started off okay. And then they decided to get quite loud and obnoxious and throwing popcorn around and throwing popcorn at me. So I stood oh, really? up and I said, you do that again and I'll have you ejected from this screen. I t- I've turned into <laughs> my dad. I have turned into my dad. Um, but, One thing to note on that, um, friend of the show, Amy Smith, who came on Road to the Oscars, actually put, she does a lot of stuff on Twitter and lots of great stuff. Give her a follow. She was talking about cinema etiquette on a tweet earlier today, and she said for the first time she stood up and told someone to shut up. Like, don't ruin it for other people. I don't want to go on a rant and a tirade. Craig has done that for me. Um, <laughs> but um, no, cinema etiquette is important, and particularly in a heavy film and a, and a, a film that needs a lot of focus, which is, I think, what the next film is. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited over. to hear about this. This was a film that I'm so sorry, dear listener, I couldn't catch it for various reasons. I really was looking forward to it, but I'm looking forward to hearing Craig's analysis and review. Okay, so this stars Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci, um, of course, two very amazing actors, uh, and they play Sam and Tusker. Uh, they are on the road together in what can only be described as a bittersweet melodrama. Um, Tusker, played by Tucci, is losing his mental facilities um, as he was diagnosed with dementia two years previous and this time together on this road trip has never been more important um, because of this dementia that's happened. Um, I do have a clip actually, and um, I would love to play it for all of you. Um, Here's a clip from Supernova. Can I ask you, did you want one? An autograph from him? Because I saw you looking at it, I wasn't sure if you wanted one. Tuscan? No, it's all right. He's very sharp. You normally, do you have a pen on you? But if you want one, He'll sign one for you. He's shy, but he will. On either on a napkin or if you have one of his piano albums, he'll. Thanks. Okay. All right. Thank you. It's very nice of you. Thank you. How did you come to be this person? I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know why I do it because it really isn't even satisfying anymore half the time. Anyway. Uh, so why do you do it? Because of the other half. <laughs> uh, so that was a clip from Supernova. Um, I will start off this this kind of chat about Supernova um, with just saying that this movie fell very short of, or very short, it fell very much so under the radar, um, which is strange because The Father, which has very similar themes, made quite the impression Um I think the reason behind that is because of the way that the film had such a, 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 a way of showing the dementia in terms of the cinematography yes. and the way the story unfolds. And then Anthony Hopkins gave a fantastic performance and it wasn't it wasn't that understated performance. It was genuinely a very, very good performance. And and as we saw, Oscar worthy and Oscar and, and 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 as he did, he won an Oscar for it. Yeah, so yeah. this raised the profile, I think, of of the father. Um, and then and then this comes out, and I think this one 
sort of goes very much so under the under the radar. The, the performances are very understated in this film. Um, but it it surely should have been recognised for more. Um, it does move very slowly, but I think it does so with purpose. Um, and like I say, the performances and character development feel really real. And I think that's why they're very understated is because they do feel like, you know, mm. um, Sam and 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 Tusker are this couple that, that have been together for so many years. And it's not Colin Firth and Stanley Tucci. It's, it's Sam and Tusker. And you really grow to love these two people. And you love what they're about and you love their love and you you want to see this not going the road that it goes down. And it's it's the love between the pair is just so strong and you can see it very clearly. Um, and that letting go in this film can be very hard. And I was crying so hard. During Genuinely? This movie. Genuinely. Um it can be very dark at times. It's but it's just so realistic in nature. Uh, what plays out in this film is just heart wrenching, and I I genuinely defy anyone who um, to not shed a tear during this film or yeah um, while watching this movie. Um, like I said, it did um, it did have a cinematic release. However, you may struggle to find it now. Um, so look for your independent uh, as they may still be showing it. Uh, and it's the same for the rare, uh, for Rare Beasts as well. They may still be sharing, um, showing these films, but I really think these are two films that are really worthy of seeking out. Um, they are kind of that under-the-radar, independent kind of British film um, that that really is worth seeing. And I just feel like it's a real shame that they have gone under the radar, and I wish we'd brought the review sooner um, so that they weren't out of the the cinema so quickly yeah. um, and people could have gone to see it if based on our reviews if that was something that people go and do but you know <laughs> well, we hope so i hope so we hope based so. on our, our what our show is all about but yeah um two films definitely worth going to see if you can um if not try and hit them up on streaming services but those are my reviews there well, um, what did you think of those i really really enjoyed that uh, just very quickly under the radar all i would say is i had stanley tucci and um colin firth on my oscars list uh, they were number like six and seven i thought both of them had potential to be nominated the film went under the radar which is really really sad looking forward to seeing this film on the back crate of two stupendous reviews <laughs> <laughs> and that does in fact bring us to the end of the show so thank you for listening to week 59 of is it worth it the film review podcast this episode was brought to you by three cups of the dark roast and at least one energy drink yeah, that is so true it's nearly midnight here and it was also supported by you the dear listener uh, yes, it was. Thank you for being patient and waiting for us to bring you new content. The new website is very nearly ready to be launched and we really can't wait to share it with you. There's going to be some really cool stuff on there. And if you'd like to get in touch and tell us about the films you've watched either at home or at the cinema, then you can email the show at mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. That email address again is mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com or you can follow us on the various social media pages, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You know, we're active on all three and uh, excited to be so. 
<laughs> so our next episode is week 60 and it will feature reviews of the Suicide Squad, Jungle Cruise Old and Stillwater. Uh, really looking forward to bringing you yeah, those reviews. There's, there's going to be some fun reviews there. Craig, it's great to be behind the mic with you again. Thank you, dear listener. And uh, yeah, I, we need to find a catchphrase to end the show with. I'll have a think about that. Totty bye. Well, no, we need we need something. But for now, we will say thank you, goodbye, and, and good goodbye. See you later. I think we should cut now. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> it's too much to hot roast. Good lord, it's late. <laughs>